Guess what, listeners? For this week's episode, we actually have everyone together. What a surprise, right? Get ready to hear our recap of Week 11, a little bit of Week 12 preview, and plenty of James Franklin bashing. And now, Freelancer. Welcome to the 18th episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and this week, guys, we have the full team back. Woo! Benji and Connor. Uh, I've missed, I missed the full squad together, you know? It's How's been a while. Been? It's been a, about four weeks, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, episode 13, you know, Unlucky 13, I think that was the last full one we had. Oh, shoot, so we got cursed with having social lives. Yes. Wow. Cursed with you stealing signs. Mr. Scallions, what are hey, you cooking I'm, up today? I'm punished, dude. I'm gone. It's it's not a big deal anymore, you know? Hey, I mean, are you doing vacuum cleaner sales now, aren't you? As always on this episode, a podcast, we're going to recap week 11, previous week, and then preview week 12. But first, let's talk about news and notes from around the league. You know, since we're recording on a Sunday, you know, November 12th, we know everything that happened the previous week. And uh, James Franklin is a fraud, guys. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt, Georgia looks dominant as ever. Uh, so does Bama. Washington had a bit of a scare, but came through. FSU had a bit of a scare, but that was a rivalry game. And you know, Michigan, without their head coach, uh, looks like a top three team in the country. Anything that jumps out to you guys? I mean, I can go all day about why James Franklin's a fraud, but yeah, I mean, would uh, you would you rather have Billy Napier or James Franklin? Oh God, that's a that's a debate. I'm probably yeah. Napier for sure. No, probably James Franklin. If you if you put James Franklin on that Florida team, he can probably get better talent than what he can on Penn State. But I mean, he's yeah. still not going to win the SEC. Like, yeah, I mean, it's your ceiling on both of those are nine and three, ten and two. I uh, I do miss the Louisiana runs with Napier, so yeah. I'm going to give him yeah. a nod because the, those were impressive. Yeah, I'm going just based off that uh, the fun belt, Billy. Yeah, support yeah, and, our boys in the fun belt. And then, yeah. and then what about um, um, the dude from South Carolina? I can't think. Uh, Shane Beamer. What do you guys think of him? I thought he had a they, down year this year. I, I thought when he got when he got hired, I thought because he was just like a tight ends coach and the recruiting coordinator at Oklahoma or something like that. I thought that was a bad hire. His dad was the, probably the sole reason he got hired there. Um. And I think he, he coached there under Spurrier uh, as like an assistant, like a cornerbacks coach or something. I don't know. He seems, Shane Beamer seems like he would be the absolute perfect fit at Virginia Tech. Yeah. To like bring energy back into that program. But South Carolina, I don't know. I You look at, um, look at Jamie, it, Jamie Caldwell at Liberty. Chadwell, yeah. Or Chadwell. He, he seems like he would have been a way better hire. So I'm glad you brought Jamie Chadwell up. What do you guys think about Jamie Chadwell to Michigan State? That I th- probably happen. It probably won't, but I think that's a great buy low hire. You know, because it's his. It'll be his first Power Five, and you have low expectations with him, right? You're not gonna. You know, Michigan State wouldn't want him to come in right away and go 12 and 0. You don't expect that. 
and you know he's been a good coach he's winning everywhere he's he's been at though i gotta pump the brakes a little bit on him and connor i'm surprised you haven't jumped all over the liberty throat here uh (laughs) these are you know hugh freeze's guys yeah right so you know let's see how he does not necessarily next year either but in year three at liberty when it's his recruits will he continue to win eight nine ten games and if he does then we know he's legit Mm-hmm. But we know Hugh Freeze is a great recruiter. We yeah. all know that. Not a very ethical man, but <laughs> um, great recruiter. And so, you know, I feel like sometimes when you follow just a great recruiter, I mean, you can have the right players at the right time and win games and luck into wins. Like Brady Hoke at Michigan, right? He had Rich Rod, he yeah. had Bernard Robinson. Like, I think Rich Rod wins 10 games that year no matter what. Um. And it just so happened Brady Hoke was there, and he beat Ohio State. And I still think Rich Rod would have beat Ohio State that year. And I think I could have beat Ohio State that year because he just had the right players at the right time. Doesn't make him a great coach because, Connor, your boys over in the West Coast there lost again last night and aren't going to a bowl game. So they're 2-7 and seven this year. Brady Hoke is... Yeah. Has, and he still hasn't gotten... I would be shocked if he didn't get canned at the end of the year. I'm going to guess that's what they're waiting for. Maybe. Connor, any news? Uh, I Look, on the Michigan State hiring thing, I still really, really want them to take a hard look at Candle. Um, what he's done with Toledo and the consistent recruiting classes that he's had yeah. over the past like seven years, I think it is now. I think it was 2015, actually. He was head coach. But dude's been with the program for almost 15 years now in coaching capacity. Even when you go back to his Mount Union history, he was a champion. Like the guy is a yeah, great coach, yeah. and he's doing a lot with three-star guys and putting them in the NFL. So I agree. when we watch this crazy run that everyone kind of knew was coming this year with Toledo, like get this guy to MSU. Zero well, character issues, I, a I, ton of guys. Local. Going, going off that, I I think and Michigan State fans, they won't, they don't want to hear this, but I think Jason Candle and even Matt Matt Campbell, he's kind of saved himself a little bit. One of those guys. That's like really realistically who they need. Well, they don't need. I. They're not gonna go. They're not getting out Mike Elko. They need a guy who can come in and um, who knows how to, knows Ohio, knows Michigan, can recruit, can develop, um, and kind of just get back into just playing, winning football. And that man uh, is Urban Meyer. <laughs> no, and it's not gonna be Urban Meyer either. <laughs> So, so yes, I think Jason Candle is the perfect fit at Michigan State. You know, he he can recruit Detroit MLK High School yeah. like the back of his hand. And that is one thing that, you know, as – I don't want to say little brother's school because I know that triggers a lot of Michigan State fans. But as not the top program in your own state, the biggest way you can compete with your with your state rival is keeping in-state recruits that they miss yeah. out on. Yeah. When Michigan is recruiting Ohio kids, Texas, California, Florida kids, and you have kids like, you know, Penn State, the um I forgot who it was yesterday, Benji, but there were two Penn State guys that were from Detroit. Yeah, the uh, Kings. The Kings from yeah, from Cas yeah. Tech. And they grew up Michigan fans. And yeah. you're telling me that they didn't have a chip on their shoulder when they played against Michigan. Like, look, the defense for Penn State last night wasn't the problem. It wasn't the problem. The Kings played great. 
And they probably played a little better than they did all year because it was against Michigan. And they wanted to go to Michigan. So as Michigan State, why don't you hire Jason Candle? You can get he, you can keep your Detroit high school pipeline. You can get all that, and he can, and you can tell he is developing players. Like he's gonna have four defensive players probably be in the pros mm-hmm. this year. And I, I and that's I more think, than Michigan State's gonna have. Mm-hmm. I think mid Michigan State fans, and this goes back to a couple of years, really probably twenty twenty one. You know, with Mel Tucker, when they gave him that extension, they think that they're they can they're gonna the only way they're gonna win is to go out and get all the five getting all the five stars NIL recruiting, um, and they think that they can contend like that, um, and that's not really. There's one program in the Big Ten that can really really do that in Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. Yep. Even even Michigan Michigan's at where they are right now. They do what they've had su- they have superstars with like Aiden, JJ, Quorum, but they have developed three stars. No name three stars that they've evaluated and just found. Like Ronnie yeah. Bell was uh commit committed to Missouri State for basketball. And uh, Jim Harbaugh's uh, brother-in-law told him he needs to come watch his kid play basketball. Yeah, and he went to wa- went and watched his game and offered him a scholarship. Just like you, that's where Michigan State really needs to get back to. And yeah, think- and and and, and I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up about the whole five stars. I mean, it obviously isn't working at other schools across the country. Look at yeah. Texas A and M; they're literally firing they they're firing Jimbo today, allegedly. They're going to pay $80 million to just see him walk out the door. The man had a number one overall recruiting class one year. He did lose a bunch to the transfer portal now, but he did have a number one recruiting class. It, he Jimbo Fisher has never been the guy that hasn't had talent. You yeah. know, I said it earlier, he got bailed out by the Jim, Jimbo Fisher thing, right? You know, oh, not Jimbo Fisher, sorry. Uh, um, uh, our boy up in uh, New Orleans. Uh, Jameis Winston. Wow, I almost yeah, forgot his name. Yeah. There. But yeah, but he got bailed out by Jameis Winston in college, and mm-hmm. we, we can tell Jimbo Fisher is not a good head coach. We can tell Connor Billy Napier is not a good head mm-hmm. coach. But guess what? They're still getting five star recruits because of where they're they're getting five star recruits because of where they're at, not because yeah. of who they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and five stars don't win. Like five, it's nice to have five stars. But if you don't have a good coach, Jason Candle's a good coach. You can tell he's a good coach. He's about to win his second. He's going to go to his second MAC championship game, and he might go back to back. You know how often does in any conference someone go back to back? Only the powerhouses. And yeah. It's rare, right? Right. And Toledo's a powerhouse. And if you make a powerhouse in any, I mean, look at look look at Wisconsin Whitewater, Benji. Yeah, you know, and uh, is another. I, I think he was rumored to have interviewed this week, and then they said he, he didn't. That was made up. Yeah, but he but, would be a great hire too, but I I don't know if he's gonna wanna. I, if, why, why would you want to leave Kansas right now for Michigan State? Like, I'm not saying it, it is a little bit of a promotion. They probably could pay him more at Michigan State, but right now, where the football program is at, wouldn't you want to stay at Kansas? It's so. He went from Wisconsin Whitewater. He built Buffalo up from the ground, and then he just did it at Kansas. Is he really going to want to one do it? That, go to uh, Michigan State and have to do that uh, 
again that fast. Anyway, Kansas, you know, we're, he's really building something. He's built a culture there. They've had success. They had success last year, and they improved on that this year so far. And it's it's there's a lot of potential there. Um, I think we're missing. He's committed. He seems committed there. Well, I think we're missing the biggest thing too, Benji and Connor. I think we're missing the fact that the two blue bloods of that conference are gone. Mm-hmm. That yep. conference is going to be wide open next year. Anyone can start a dynasty, a powerhouse in that conference. So why, if you're Lance Leipold, would you want to leave that when the Big 12, I, I assume the Big 12 is still going to keep their automatic playoff bid, right? For next year, for the 12? I, I think so. Right? Because like, I think it's Yeah, the, they do. They, yeah. They're still leaving five, and then it's a plus seven. Yeah. Yes. So then why would you, if you're... Uh, Leipold, why would you want to leave what you have at Kansas? You know, you're building something great there. Why would you leave that to go to a Michigan State team where you're going to be, guess what, second in your state again? You know, yeah. I would say Kansas might be first in their state this year. Yeah, and I think I think when Texas and Oklahoma leave, and that conference is dog shit this year, <laughs> so the new teams that have come in, but I think they're like a Houston. I think Texas Tech, Kansas State, Kansas, um, TCU, Baylor. I think those schools really, UCF, have a chance to really take advantage and take a, a step up. Um, I'm just, re- I'm really curious to see how that works out. I mean, Cincinnati doesn't look great right now. Um, I don't know yeah. what, B- what BYU is there, but. UCF is the one I'm excited for. Yes. Uh, Last night, they pulled a huge win win. against Oklahoma State. I want to see them carry some momentum. They have such an interesting history now with their national championship, if you choose to believe in that. Great coach. Yeah, I I love it. Um, Gus Malzahn. Yeah, big fan. Yeah. I I think they they probably benefit, too, from not being in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Though they get the benefit of recruiting there because they play there all the time. But they they are in Florida and they get access to all the Florida talent. Yeah, and, and um, I think and, and I think what you brought up too is massive. And you know, I'll, I'll say this and then we can move on. But you know, now that they can play in, and this is going to help you know Michigan too in the Big Ten is you know now that they play in California, you can sell to a kid and be like, hey, you know, one week we're going to come here. We don't know whether it's to UCLA or USC, but we're going to play in California at least one week a year where you can see your child come here and play. Yeah, and that's what that kind of why Nebraska fell off when they went to the Big Ten because they were but they were built off Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, because they're recruiting base. They can't, and well, and it's just easier to go see a game from Nebraska. It's easier to go to Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma than it is to go to New Jersey or Maryland. Yeah, and it it like in Michigan, like we know Nebraska was gr- was great in like the eighties and nineties. But when you in Michigan, Ohio, like they don't think of Nebraska at um, really anything that special compared to Michigan, Ohio State. Those are the two programs, right? Going on to Texas, uh, they they Nebraska was a big dog. Um, so yeah, yeah, Nebraska pretty much when they moved to the Big Ten lost their recruiting edge in, in Texas. 
Yes. They, they lost because they had three games a year in Texas and they could sit on the parents' couch and say, Hey, you want to see your kid play football? We play at least three games in Texas every year. They can't yep. do that anymore. Yep. So And that's why they went I think Rural has tried to bring that back. That's a whole That's separate, a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah it's off season stuff. Yes. But you know, that's that's pretty much what's going around in the league and our thoughts on it. You know, let's jump right into recap of Max and, and I think we have to start boys with the disappointment in Kalamazoo from our end of things, and just maybe, unfortunately, this, the season yep. is done for CMU. You know, uh, no, don't say that. There's two games left. I, eh, you know, the previous episode, Connor and I talked about how the conference could have seven bowl eligible teams. Now it's looking like it may only have five, which is really sad too. Uh, CMU laid an egg in Kalamazoo this past week and losing 38-28. We're gonna spend a little time, extra time on this one, you know, because it's our. It's it's our boys, but I have a hot take, guys. Jim McElwain needs to go. I I just don't see the same fire that he had in the team when he took over in nineteen and twenty and twenty one that I see now. Um, you know the offense in the third quarter looked great, but why can't you keep that up all four quarters? Uh, the defensive coordinator has to go. He has to go no matter what. Yeah. Um, if if he it's it's one of those like if Jim stays, he has to get rid of the defensive coordinator. If he keeps, if he wants to keep the defensive coordinator, they both have to go. You you can't allow this Western team to pretty much do. And it's not just Western this year, guys. You know, Ball State did the same thing. You know, Ball State ran all over us to a quarterback that couldn't throw. I'm not saying Hayden Wolf couldn't throw. He threw against us. He for sure threw against us. But this team, like. We just couldn't stop the run. We couldn't tackle. You know, we just stopped tackling in the fourth quarter. Yep. I, and it made no sense. It, re- it really, you know, we were all texting each other in our group chats, and it just was, it was, you know, that third quarter happened. It's like, why, where has this been all year? Because we know this team has the, has the potential to do it. We've seen it. We just saw it in the third quarter. Why can't they put a full game together? Yeah. Benji, why can't it, they? I, I really don't know. Uh, it's just ever since that Buffalo game, we've right. just been in this cycle where it's every other week. And, and they can't. W- sorry to interrupt you, but like you look at the away schedule that CMU had for the MAC this year, right? Coming in, you're like, okay, on the road against Buffalo, that could be tough, but we talked about it. It was in early October, right? It wasn't a late November game where it's going to be cold, snowing, all that. you know. And then we get a MAC and Western game, which I'd almost rather have a MAC and Western game for you know equal playing field than I would a Saturday Western game. Because on, you know, on, MAC, and, on MAC and games, you have no idea what's going to happen. Right, it's, yeah. it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, middle of the week. You have no someone could sleep the wrong way, and anything can happen. And then we go on the road against Ball State. Uh, who else? And then we have you know on the road against Ohio. So you know when we were looking at the schedule, Ohio was the only guaranteed road loss that we were like, yeah, that one's probably a guarantee. The other three were like, hey, they're all toss ups. Yeah. And when you look at the way we played, they weren't toss ups. We got destroyed. We get destroyed on the road. It makes no sense how, you know, we can dominate. I wouldn't really say dominate because we struggled against Akron, but how we can win games at home. But when it comes to the road, we different just don't team. show up. Yeah. Different team. Completely. Connor, um, 
You want to say anything? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny here. So Rob Ackes, the defensive coordinator, yeah, when he first took over yeah. in 19, he was a top 10 defense, actually. And he was taking yeah. kind of bits and pieces to do that. It was kind of crazy because of how devastated that team was with the Gojing change and the huge regime change, right? And then to see this year our defense be so porous and consistently porous, right? Where we're giving up multiple thirty high 30s, low 40s games this year kind of crazy to me that it's gone this far south for a guy in the past three years i don't know if it has to do with just the players that are out there uh we talked a lot about the suspect defense in the secondary we were a little worried past you know corner one who's really locking people down for us and i'm not too confident in our safeties i actually think i like spawn most uh, out of our whole group but yeah, I think that's where a lot of our defensive issues lie because when I look at the D line and the guys we have there, I, I just am kind of confused on like how this defense isn't doing more. So yeah, that is our number one issue. We go to the offensive side of the ball. I'm a little less worried because we did come back. This game, we did come back. Yeah. We had it. This game could have been a W and then the defense couldn't do anything. Momentum completely went their way. Home field advantage too is pretty good in there. And it was over. Like the the second they tied the game, I knew it was over. Yeah, and it was we, really we disappointing. Missed, we missed the field goal, and that's and that's one more yep. thing too that I want to bring up with Jim McElwain. I don't know what it is, but we have not had a consistent kicker probably in the ten year you know since 2013. I can't even name the kicker that we had in college, Connor. I can't. We just and I, and I get like you know it's max schools right. You're it's not, hard. It's it's, I, it's it's very. I, I know. Very I know. Yeah, this but isn't it, really a dig at you, Matson, but uh, yeah. you uh, you did miss two kicks, so you're gonna get a little roast. I mean, yeah. The the first one, I'm not gonna blame him on a 54 yarder. I you yeah, know it's college. Like, it's college. Tough. The second one that that's the one. If we go up 10 points, we win the game. If we, if we make that field goal, we win the game because you know they come down and score. It's still they still are down three, and all we have to do pretty much is just get one more field goal and make them drive the field again. That's it, and doinking that, and you know it's a 43, 44 yard field goal. Like I get it, it's not easy, but I just don't know what it is. Like you know, there are high school kickers that I feel like are better than that. You know, I see. And again, right, it's, it's all about media. It's all how, like, stuff say. But, you know, I see stuff on YouTube where there's, like, this Montana State kicker dude just drilling him from 50 and 60. And it's like, it's like, hey, offer him a scholarship, you know? Or, like, you know, North Dakota State's kicker is better than ours. That shouldn't be the case. It's fickle, though, man. Like, all these different kickers, there's a lot of them who are going to different universities, lower tier, if you will. And it just yeah. kind of ha- shakes out differently, right? And like, while CMU's had kicking issues for as long as I can remember, uh, we haven't had punting issues, and we've had multiple no. of our punters in the past ten years transfer to you know top universities, so, like Oklahoma then, this past yeah, year, like Oklahoma, right? So I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Matson was a transfer in from Arkansas State, and I was just pulling up his you know past history, and it's not bad. He was mainly doing kickoff duty. So this is kind of an expanded role for him. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know got, how I feel about it. He's got a leg, you know. We saw that against Eastern. Yep. He hit a fifty-eight yarder. He's got a leg, you know. But at, at some point, I almost would rather just have an automatic guy from under forty-five than someone who you can use to be like, oh, maybe we can get one from fifty-five. I think they should have. Uh, they shouldn't have kicked either of those field goals. Uh, wow! Go for it in the fifty-four yarder one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just how much time was left for the fifty-four in the first half one? 
Oh, I think a minute and a half, two minutes. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second one in the second half, they absolutely should have gone for that. Uh, there's- uh, I disagree, though, because, again, if you kick that and you make it, you're up 10 in the fourth quarter with a team who, up until that point in that half, was struggling, was absolutely struggling. They couldn't move the ball on us. And, and this goes back to another Rob Akey thing. It seems like he doesn't really adjust when his one thing is done. Because, you know, he came out first quarter, they drove down on us, you know, open up a massive lead. And then he, you know, changed and was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start bringing some pressure on third downs and make him get rid of the ball. And it worked. Well, then guess what? Lance Taylor did. Lance Taylor's like, hey, we'll run a screen. Hey, we'll get the ball out quick and countered us. And Rob Akey still kept doing the same thing. Benji, it reminds me of Donnie Blitz against Ohio State going, there's no way they'll run crossing routes 47 times in a game. Well, guess what Ohio well, State did? They ran hey, crossing. Well, Justin, I don't want to – I'll break some news to you. Uh, the Michigan's cornerbacks coach under Don Brown is our cornerbacks coach. Well, I, I know, but I'm saying he's <laughs> – no, I understand, but I'm saying they don't run – like crossing routes don't beat Michigan anymore. Yeah. Why is that? I yeah, I get it. You know, that, that, that's my that's my point. Is like it's it's you you adjust to it. If if Don Brown ran one zone against Ohio State, they probably win one of those games. But he was just you know so just stuck in his ways, which you know can be a great thing. It reminds me of Arthur Smith at for the Falcons. If you can just deviate one little bit away, you can maybe be a better coach. And that's one thing that made me really mad with Rob Akey because it was like, okay, you know, it worked on the second and third, and then you get burned by it in the fourth, and you're like, okay, you know, was Rob Akey thinking, oh, it won't happen again, and then it happened again, and he's like, oh, it won't happen again, and it happened again. It's it's, uh, we should have won that game, and yes, we should. Yes. So so, here for for my take on the defense, this has been a completely different defense since Comrade got hurt. Um they're clearly missing him. Like mm-hmm. he was I think a Mac defensive player of the year caliber. Yes he was. Uh, um that really hurts. Jordan Kowatowski that I'm saying his name right. He's young. Um he's played okay, but we're really missing him. Defensive line I'm actually pretty high on. Um Really like Heldman and Bristol. Um, and we have some young guys like Kate Kosas that are playing. So and Jonah Pace. So they're they're really coming along. Um, I expected more out of the defensive backs. I thought that was where we were strong coming into the year. Um, I agree. I in, agree. In terms, how, how I'm looking at this is, so we're five and five right now. We have to beat I, Ohio this week. So if we're if we if we go five and seven, I think we have. I think we need to make a coaching change. If we go six and six, seven and five, I think uh, we need to retain and keep building for next year. Uh, I I agree. I think we we have to get the fifteen bowl practices. That's I, I, like crucial yeah. because we have a very we still and I said this last year, but we still have a very young team. Um, I I agree. I agree. And I, we have to win this week. We're not going to beat Toledo. The the only way we can beat Toledo, Connor, 
I think, too, is if they rest their starters for the MAC championship game. Yeah, that's and that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah it's they're, they're vying for top 25 and some prestige yeah. there. You don't sit, guys. I, I know. I know. And I'm saying that's literally the only way I think we beat them. And so we have to beat Ohio. And Benji, I agree with you. If we don't make a bowl game this year, there has to be a change. Because why is it that Western has a brighter future than CMU does right now? It, like that That's painful to think about because I think Jim McElwain's a better coach than Lance Taylor. But when it came to last Tuesday, Lance Taylor was the better coach. You know, I mean... It's almost like this has been a decade long problem since Butch Jones has left. It really has. We can't beat Western. I mean, I mean we've won three games in the past, what, 12 years, I think, against Western. Mm-hmm. We can't beat them. And I don't know why. And we've had better teams. You, like, and, and here's the thing I was telling um, Eddie from BD Sports Talk podcast at work. How, if you're looking at Jim McElwain and you're doing a job, job performance review on him, right? Look at last year. He lost, he lost to Tim Lester, Western, who got fired at the, end of his, at the end of the year. First year head coach coming in, you're thinking, oh, first year head coach, I should beat them, right? Loses to Lance Taylor, first year head coach. Like, our number one thing should be beating Western. That should be number one every year is beat yes. Western. Beat Western, beat Eastern, make a bowl game. That's what it should be. Win the Michigan Mac, dominate the Mac in our state. That's what it should be every year. And we've gone away from that. We can't beat Western. If I'm a recruit looking at the Mac, why would I not go play in Kalamazoo over Mount Pleasant? Yeah. And I think, and two, you know, I looked into, I was just checked in to our like recruiting on um, Wednesday, and I was just looking at Detroit, and Toledo has. Um, the pipeline it has two kids from Detroit MLK, um, or not Detroit MLK. Pull them up, Cass. Cass, yeah. Well, one's a quarterback, and um. Well, well, while you look that up, I'm gonna um, I'm, I'm gonna pe- ask Connor a question. Connor, if Tony Anise said he'd come to see you right now. Would you do it? Probably not. Honestly, I actually don't want to fire uh, McElwain. Yeah, uh, I said we we're going to go five and seven before the year, and uh, we're going to go five and seven this year, and almost everything with our predictions right. So uh, this is why, what I expected why to happen. Why couldn't you be wrong with us like you were wrong with Buffalo? I know, right? Like, why did it have to be our school as the one that I'm God. pessimistic about, and I was correct? Yeah, honestly, I, I do think Aggie's done. I, I don't think we're going to be able to keep him around and keep back going. But uh, there, there's more to be positive about with this school and the program that we're building in the future. Yeah. Um, the, the quarterback situation's been a little bit of a disaster for us, honestly, with Emmanuel not being good and Bauer taking over. And I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, the, he's just been the, okay. Yeah, he's been okay and serviceable. The The fact that the announcing crew for that game uh, against Western kept referring to his rushing talent as like, oh, he's actually a pretty good runner. He's fine. He is not an electric runner in any way. The guy is not that quick. Um, I don't really like him in our scheme, and I think the quarterbacks that we have redshirted right now on our practice squad are going to end up being our starters next year, who I'm not sure which of the two. Um, and then when we look at our recruiting class, right? So we definitely struck out when it comes to the Detroit schools and stuff that's uh, in the Metro, right? But then we actually have a lot of the higher end mid tier three-star guys who, yep. Oh, wait a second. They're all over the place. 
a lot of Florida that we've had the pipeline in forever. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a really interesting prospect, uh, Desan Smith, Marquette, Michigan. Big old <laughs> lineman. Oh, like, you know he's going to be good. Good Dude's going to be good. That's going to be that guy who we're going to be in the draft in like 28, and they're going to run a promo segment on him. Uh, just like they did on the dude last year. So, well, he's yeah, he's I, gonna get drafted yeah. during a Taco Bell commercial and be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think I think recruiting wise, I'm I'm optimistic, and I I like when you see Florida and Ohio, and there's even some guys that we've gotten out of Wisconsin, and I know Wisconsin's kind of like a very under the radar state because of how the high schools are are set up, and there's actually a lot of talent there. Um, yep. Quarterback yeah. wise. I and so Jim Costa tweeted that we needed to make a change on um, Tuesday night, and didn't give any uh, really hasn't said anything about who who he thinks that they should hire or like would be uh, a candidate list. Really, our quarterback problems under McElwain it co- goes back to two things. One, um, when we fought when uh, we fired. Bono, we had Daquan Thin committed, mm-hmm. and he decommitted. And uh, Lou, we had Lou as well. He, Lou stayed committed, but Daquan uh, went to Toledo. That was a massive loss. That is still still affected us to this day, honestly. And then um, it was I'm blanking out the the quarterback from uh, that got bust that got suspended. You're not thinking of the one that um, is at Ferris State, right? No, who is the quarterback? Uh, David Moore. Oh. David Moore goes to the GNC oh, yeah. in Mount Pleasant and buys a fat burner and he gets suspended by NCAA for two years. Uh, that re- that affected us as well. I mean, and then since then, you know, we got tried to get that Texas Tech kid and that didn't work out. The Washington QB was a bust. Um we just, we just need a quarterback Tri- and go on. And tripod was had a, a good twenty twenty one, but he regressed regressed in twenty twenty two, and he he was out. I mean, they you know we get, we got a couple guys that just can't throw. Um, I don't know. I like I said earlier in the year that we should have absolutely gone in the portal. And gotten Someone. at least somebody. Yeah, um, I think that's that's what we absolutely have to do if Matt Wayne gets retained. And um, we'll and you know we'll definitely talk way more about this in between Mac championship game and the bowl season too when we do you know our off season preview. I mean, it just it, it, I know we spent a lot of time on this. It's just really disappointing. Like I said, it's just a kind of a disappointing year with especially after beating South Alabama and Eastern. You know, you start the year three and two, and you look that again. You play Buffalo. Buffalo is not that good. You lose to Ball State. That's a terrible loss. Like there are just games where we should have won, and we should already be. We should already have six wins. If we had six wins now, this loss doesn't hurt as bad as it does. Yep. But it does. Yep. So I, I think I disagree too with Costa because there are, there are a lot of things that have been positive. About McElwain. We got to the Big Ten Championship or the MAC Championship in 2019. 2021, we absolutely got screwed and won nine games, won the, won the Sun Bowl. Uh, look at all the, the two. We had the two, three NFL draft picks. 
and then not including income. Um, and then we had, I know there was a linebacker in the safety that transferred out um, to from from us after that 2021 year to South Carolina and Ole Miss. So, like, player development's good. I I mean, and I know the Connor Stallion stuff, but um, Michigan, we're, we've gotten a lot of our coaches and personnel guys hired by uh, Michigan. That's I, – I'm a Michigan fan. I'm biased, but that's positive, I think. Um, but they're just – there's – there's different things that we are still glaring weaknesses. Defense. I mean, yeah. yeah. And like I said, and we'll talk way more about this after the MAC championship game when we do a team-by-team team breakdown. But another team that's going to have a lot of question marks on their season is uh, Northern Illinois. You know, Thomas Hammock <laughs> definitely is on the hot seat. Oh, you know, perfect opportunity to get his team one game closer to a bowl game, and he dropped the ball dropped the ball and by the way a great rivalry game we should talk more about it but the corn stalk rivalry game that's awesome Awesome i did not know about that trophy until uh game time yeah yeah so niu loses 20 to 17 you know almost almost pushing them out of ball eligibility i think they have an easy schedule remaining but who knows? You know, Ball State, like I said, Ball State has looked terrible, and they have beaten CMU. You know, Ball State might be the bane of the MAC this year. They really might, because they might cost the MAC two bowl games, which is extra money for the conference. So while Ball State, you're happy with your wins, you just really lost money. You played yourself. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that Ball State, with their rotating carousel of quarterbacks, because I believe they tried three this year. They went with Kelly for this one, and it was it was fine, right? But they did what they do best, and they did what a lot of MAC teams do best, and that is run the ball a ton. Uh, and that is what they did, and that's the winning formula. Um, so Cooper obviously had a pretty solid game, just a lot of touches overall. I do think NIU is in a little bit of a tough situation because they're going to have to play Western, and I'm just not really seeing them being able to pull this one off uh, with Western's momentum. So going to be a challenge to see if they can even get to that six because at least they have the Kent State game but Western's a tough matchup and I don't really think they're favored in that one and then Western I think has uh, Kent State this week so you know if Western wins this week uh, Ball that, State does uh, Ball State does. Yeah, I, West, Western, Western plays North NIU this week oh yeah so so this game for so Western can make a bowl game out of nowhere Western Correct. can make a bowl game yep. and we'll and we'll talk about that when we get to them but um, um, did you guys watch the end of this game so uh, NIU stopped um, Ball State on third and eight, and there was a there was a tripping call I think on NIU. This was with five minutes left in the fourth. NIU um, or Ball State com- scored like right after, and then and then NIU fumbled. It's just like like at home like. This is just bad. It's just bad football. I know I'm, I, I've i been a hater on NIU this whole year. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's, the, like, it's Rocky Lombardi. That's the thing. Like, you yeah. fumbled three times during this game. You think if you're, you know, in your mid-30s, you'd be able to hold on to the ball. but <laughs> And that's, and you know, and, and I'm glad you brought up Rocky Lombardi, Connor, because I want to touch back on the Western game a t- for a bit and this game. So for Western, I know you want to win as many games as possible, right? But you want to build for the future. NIU... You know, they're in the position where they need to win now because it doesn't look like 
you know, maybe the future is going to be bright. But at what point are you set mortgaging your future to try to win now? Because wouldn't you want Samoza to be in this game so he can learn what to do, Connor? Ball State. Oh, sorry, ball, sorry, that's uh, Ball State. But still, with Ball State, would you want Samoza? Right? Uh, like, no, like, because they uh, they played him for four games, well, so they're doing the red, the red shirt, shirt rule. Red yeah. shirt, yeah. But okay, with um. With Western, right? They Hayden Wolf. He's never gonna play. A, he's never gonna play a college game after the season again, right? Wouldn't you want Trayson Borgay to get those reps? Like I get yeah. it. Yes, against Central, you want to win. But you know, when we went to Western Eastern, you know that's not that much of a rivalry game. Why would you not? And they won so handedly, Connor. They probably could have started Trayson Borgay. I yeah, actually, that was something I was thinking about when we did the whole recap. Is wait, they didn't really throw in the second tier of offense. Uh, and I kind of like Borgay, honestly. So, uh, so, so I want to see mo- more of him. Yeah, how much are you going to mortgage your future? You know, all these reps, because again, reps help. Reps, like anyone that says, oh, don't worry about it. They can just get better in the offseason. That's not always true. Live action reps help more than anything else. And so, you know, I texted it to you guys. I go, I hope West, you know, I go, if Western wins this game, I hope they trash their future with Trace on Borgay out of it. You know, I hope they mortgage their future. And NIU, you're mortgaging your future now too by continuing to start Rocky Lombardi. I, you know, I, I get it. You're trying to make a bowl game means your best chance, but at some point, man, you just got to be like, hey, we can't do it. Start the backup. Like, like let's say NIU loses this week, okay? They're out of bowl eligibility. Do they then bench Rocky Lombardi? Probably not. So, you know, that's uh, it for the. <laughs> well, <laughs> Benji is, Rocky Lombardi co- is Rocky Lombardi coming back next year? No, I don't think he can. But who knows? No, you know that. I uh, mean, because that's. I mean, and we've talked about this before, but it's like they need. They went through what three nine last year with Rocky Lombardi. What's the point? Well, he of was injured. That? No, he he was he was injured yeah. last year. Yeah, but he was still, injured. you won. Yeah. you won. You won. You won the the Mac in twenty twenty one. Um, you shouldn't have. You would have got smoked by CMU by four touchdowns, but again, but you know, like, why are you trying to run it back two years later? I mean, it's just like time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. And, you know, that's it for the Tuesday games. Uh, and the Tuesday games were a lot better than the Wednesday games. The mm-hmm. Wednesday, well, sorry, I forgot one more Tuesday game uh, because I want to forget about this game because it should not have been on ESPN2. And I am looking at you, uh, Mac, and I'm looking at you, ESPN. You guys could easily flex games. So I'd much rather would have watched NIU Ball State or Western Central over Ohio Buffalo. It makes no sense why this game was on ESPN2 when it's not a rivalry game. And there was no real implications on these games compared to the other games. You know, Buffalo was dead. Like, like Buffalo was not making a bowl game. While you still had NIU who could make a bowl game, while you had Western Central still make a bowl game, the only implication there was was Ohio potentially keeping their Mac East hopes alive, which all Miami of Ohio has to do is just win out. And that's it. They have to win one game this week, and that's it. And, you know, this game was 20-10, to 10, and I don't really even want to talk about it because, again, I'm really just so annoyed, Connor, about why this game was on ESPN2. Yeah, and honestly, there isn't a ton to talk about with it. Rourke didn't look as great, and honestly, I think uh, maybe the early season injuries affected him a little bit because he's not looking the same as he did last year. So that's been something I'm kind of keeping an eye on. But Ohio's still a good team. I, I do kind of feel for them that they're not going to get the opportunity for the championship, but it is Miami what it Ohio's is. Better. Yeah, Miami of Ohio was better, right? They won. Um, 
but yeah, the, this game didn't have too much going on. Bengura made some good runs, but that's about it. I mean, every every other game, you know, again, Western Central, you had your high-scoring, great game, great rivalry game. You had your 20-17 to 17 low-scoring NIU Ball State close rivalry game. Everyone knew Ohio was going to win this game. There was no question coming in on who was going to win because Buffalo was that bad this year. Benji? Yeah, so I, I um, have YouTube TV, so I had, like, the, um, the split screen for all these games. And I didn't even pay attention to this one, so I think it was it it, it was tied, and then um, Ohio went right down the field. Uh, it's crazy how, I mean, they're seven and three, but like they really kind of fell off. I mean, yeah, you know, good. Are the the Mac East is not set correct? Well, that's I really, and you know, we talked about it beforehand. I really hope that. You know, maybe in the near future they get rid of divisions and they just oh, make yeah, it they wider. Really yeah, for when um, we when we add Oregon State and Washington State to the MAC, right? <laughs> yeah, I would love it because the Western the, the I don't know if I told you guys this, but the uh, athletic director for Western Michigan came from Oregon State, so that would actually really? be kind of, yeah, so that would actually be kind of cool that because uh, so he actually did um, and I hope we get him on the podcast. Um, I'm gonna reach out to all three of them by the way at the in the off season. But um, I, I talked to him, and he went to Pittsburgh, University of Pitt. And he said he was watching football on a Tuesday with his fiance at the time. And he said, one day, that'll be us. And his fiance goes, what? And he goes, one day, that'll be our t- my team. You know, like, I'll be athletic director of a team that's playing on a Tuesday, Wednesday. And sure enough, guess what? He is. Is that an actual story? Yeah, that's what he told me. No, that, that's wow. what that's that's what he told me. So, um, you know, that's um, it for the Tuesday games. We're gonna jump in for the Wednesday night matching games, and these weren't that much better than Tuesdays. Uh, you know, some more scoring, but they weren't really like like th- there was no close games. Uh, you know, we're gonna start with Bowling Green, who punched their ticket to a bowl game after beating Kent State forty nine yeah. to nineteen. And after all, shout, the ups- out, shout out to that staff. Yes, really? yes. After yes. how it started, mm-hmm. after yeah. All the ups and downs of this team, it turns out they are one of the better teams in the MAC. And Connor, you're yep. going bowling, man. Hey, you still know, threw a pick, keeping that streak alive. You, you throw a pick and you steal some signs, but yep. uh, you're going bowling. So, love bowling. Yeah, talk to us about this game. Talk to us how you did, how you, how you <laughs> thought everything went. Yeah, it, honestly, it wasn't a, a great game. It was interesting to see how many different players were involved because I, I kind of like kept going back to this one because I have this like sick twisted thing for watching Kent State because um, I really want them to succeed I think we all do but like it's such a rough season with how depleted that roster is right so I'll occasionally like throw on Kent State as the main game I'm watching and yeah Bowling Green was all over the place with who they were using and where they were using them very interesting um, I want to see what they get for the bowl games because they, they could win out but probably not I, I kind of think that they're going to drop to Toledo and then Western's a tough game right so who knows what kind of bowl that's going to put them into if they split. Um, but, you know, the Toledo upset would be something cool to talk about. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, they beat Toledo last year, didn't they? They did. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. they did. So yeah. There's, there's some history there. Uh, granted, that was the Toledo team without Finn. But, yeah. And yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. I-75. That's this week. Yeah. That's but- this week. Overall, pretty good. Uh, I do have some hope for Kent State. I think the fact that they were able 
to score 19 points is kind of impressive. Uh, and Floria had a good game at receiver, 9 for 95. So the pieces are starting to figure it out. Uh, I'm just really hoping that next year they, uh, they're a little more competitive because I really want to see them succeed. It's, it's remarkable how, like, it's just watching, like, the Michigan-Penn State game, the Cephas, Dante Cephas, mm-hmm. was a receiver for uh, Penn State, Came from Kent State. Tez Walker from Tez Walker. State. Kent State. Um, the Q- Colin Slee with the UCLA. Like it's remarkable how many transfers that they, they had so left. much talent. Like they they legit. Like I feel they're probably the worst one uh, the the losers in the transfer portal world because they probably could compete with uh, Miami of Ohio this year. Honestly, well, it, it's really well, weird it, too because it, it's all because Sean Lewis left, right? He went to Colorado, and then I, I just cannot. But none understand. of them went to Colorado. Yeah, well, exactly. A couple did actually, but uh, well, uh, I still can't understand why Sean Lewis lost the reins of Colin plays for Colorado because that's not their problem. It's not an th- offensive that, issue. That that's very. It's just very uh, weird. What's going on there? Do you think he said no to Dion and? He said you lost. Yeah, he must have. He, yeah, he, he must have done stuff and ego yeah. stuff. Then kind of. Why can't we? Wild, why can't man. we score more points, Sean Lewis? Well, it's not my fault. It's the damn defense. You're gone. Yeah, look, look at the fact that they're giving up like forty a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Listen, if if Sean Lewis can get talent at Kent State, Kenny Burns can get talent exactly. at Kent State, yep. and they're going to be fine in a couple years. And by fine, I mean they're going to make a bowl game. How did, that's what, how, did it, how did they go five and seven last year? With with like and they had Cooper too, right? Yeah, I I think Sean Lewis had his like I want to say mind on the way out, but I don't think he was truly focused. I had, on- I did read that in one of the magazines, uh, preseason magazines that they they thought he stayed too late or like he was on the way out. Anyways. Yeah, and and it wouldn't surprise me if that he got a call from Dion. That's you know. In the middle of the season, going, "Hey, where I go, come with me," and yeah. then it's like, th- then you start focusing on other things. You know, game two on Wednesday was Miami of Ohio versus Akron, and Miami pitched the sh- second shutout of the year for the first time since the '80s. Um, and you know, guys, Gabbard threw a completion. I looked at the stats sheet, stat sheet, and he threw a pick, or not a pick, but he threw a he threw a pass. Like, you know, he had that massive injury against Toledo where they had to cart him off. And unless I'm, like, wrong on the stat sheet, I'm going to check it again real quick. But it said he threw a pass. Looking at the box score and it doesn't have him. Yeah, it doesn't have him. doesn't have him? Okay, then CBS Sports was wrong. Because I looked it up and I was like, what is – how did he throw a pass? Anyway, someone take it over. (laughs) Is Miami, Ohio – they have to win this week and flock up the East, correct? Yeah, if they beat Uh, Buffalo, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyone else want to talk more about this game? Yeah, actually. Yeah. I do. So I, uh, <laughs> for, for all the Wednesday games, I actually hit, I uh, bet the over on all three. And this is the second time that Akron screwed me on that one. And I, I deserve it. But I keep thinking that Undercuffler, because of his experience and the, the kind of like sheet that he brought in, I keep thinking that he's going to be able to run this office pretty well. And he's just not the guy. So uh, good luck to Akron. I am less enthused about your future. Uh, when I compare it to Kent State. Thank you for uh, letting us push our under four right there, you know. So we didn't lose money on them. Connor, they lose this week. We win money on them. So right. thank you for losing yep. and pushing our bet there. Benji, this game, any, any anything you want to say about it? No, this, uh, I'll be <laughs> honest, I, like, I put on the 
the multi-screen and this i barely pay attention to this one to be honest so, so look at the text i just sent you guys cbs sports still has it saying that brett gabbert threw a pass for six yards sounds like cbs sports doesn't know how to uh, run their stat sheets I mean, that's that's fine. I'm just, you know, I should have verified my news source, right? You know, I trusted the fake news media. Um, but <laughs> that's, I mean, you can't blame me for thinking he threw a pass when it says it. So, anyways. Yeah, that's strange. It's very strange. CBS, I'm adding you on Twitter and asking why you're doing fake news. You know, the last game we will talk about, though, was supposed to be the game of the week. But it just showed how much better Toledo is than everyone else and how Jason Candle is probably going to get hired somewhere else. And, uh, you know, the lack of meeting expectations seems to run in the state of Michigan and Eastern excels at that. And uh, Toledo dominated Eastern. And I mean dominated. And Eastern is on life support now to make a bowl game. They they still can, but it's going to be tough. But, I mean, this was this was a bad, bad game. You know, I thought the lock was going to be Eastern plus 20 just because they could slow the game down. That was done by the first quarter. Toledo was up 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter, guys. It, it, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Penny, Penny Boone's a baller. That guy can run. Uh, and that's cool because MLK. So another Detroit guy right there. And oh, yeah, that's what Toledo does, <laughs> right? So shocker. Yeah. But yeah, that dude is some real deal stuff. He didn't have a ton of carries in this game, but it's he's so talented. 11 carries. Oh, yeah. Three touchdowns. So you, yeah. uh, you want to figure out how to stop this team? Good luck. Yeah, he was a Maryland transfer, I think. Correct. Penny Boone. Uh, he was yes, yeah, yes. Well, yeah. So, um, so Penny Penny Boone got three touchdowns. But let's talk about how this was DeQuan Fenn's best game of the year. I mean, twenty-three for twenty-seven, four hundred yards, and three touchdowns. Like it's all because Penny it, Boone kept catching the ball. <laughs> he made him well, look good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I know he did catch a lot, but so did Newton as well. Yeah. I mean, he, he spread the ball out everywhere. But it's just, yeah. Eastern, what the hell, man? What the hell? You we know, were I so have, wrong. I have two takes on this. One, just watching it, like, there's really Toledo did a great job in the transfer portal getting Dallas Gantt and Penny Boone. Um, both those guys were Big Ten players. Dallas Gantt was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. Committed to Ohio State. Um, both those guys, I think, probably be NFL guys. Quinion Mitchell, their corner is going to be a, a day two pick, uh, hopefully to the Lions. Uh, I don't know about Judge Culpepper. Was I know he's a three star and went to Penn State, um, but he's could make uh, a UBFA spot. Um, Duquan Finn, I think, really, he's going to be a day three or. A UDFA, but he, he's going to make a roster. He, he's that um, perfect like practice squad yes. guy. Simulate he, that he, offense, that you know the Baltimore offense, all that stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. going to definitely stick on a practice squad for a while. And he time. has having like as much experience. Like he's played a lot, and that and for the quarterback position, that's really important, especially going into the next level. Um, and then two guys I really love: Junior Vandervoss and Jerdron Newton. I think Newton, one, they both have awesome names. And two, I think they're both are going to end up just being good in the NFL. I don't know. I, I don't know why, but they just have the names, especially Jerjohn. Um, this is just a good team. Uh, they should they should be undefeated, realistically. Um, but they're, they, they're loaded. 
Um, this game was a blowout. I did. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the start of the fourth quarter. They had to interview Chris Crichton. Um, and it was, it was a, a blowout. I can't remember the score, but it was not good. Um, they're down by five touchdowns, I think. And he basically said, he was like, we're not going to, we're not going to quit here. We're going to keep fighting. Um, and just had a lot of respect for, for that interview. Um, because right after the reporter said, I asked, uh, Chris Coach Crichton, if he didn't want to, if he just wanted to skip the interview, could just things weren't going so well. Um, but like when you're really, a lot of times I think coaches, some, some, they don't really like to be put on the spot like that. No. Or when things aren't going well, James Franklin, for one, if you watched his post game presser yesterday. But I, I, you know, Eastern had a disappointing year. It's had a disappointing year. But really, the culture he's built there is is impre- impressive. Um, I wouldn't get down on this year. There's still a lot to be uh, positive about for EMU, but I just thought that this was a really cool interview. Yeah, it's th- kind of like to throw more one yesterday. There's definitely no chance that Grayton gets fired. The the dude has yeah. built a great culture there, and like it, it sucks they lost to Western because I believe they were three in a row. Uh, and yeah. they're owning them, but yeah, I, I think his recruiting prowess, the fact that he's been getting some of the highest end recruits out of this, I know Toledo's usually the best class, but Eastern's got a couple of guys who are the top end of a three-star, which is kind of unusual. I think we talked a lot about that in the offseason, so yeah, that's a guy I still believe in quite a bit. Um, you know, maybe he should be one of those dudes that we're talking about as some of these, you know, lower tier Power 5 conference yeah, jobs. Yeah, he absolutely but, should. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you I know, mean, it's just in Go on. It just for me, it was it's impressive because you know things were not things were spiraling out of control, and thing it's not your de- your night, and think you're like rock bottom almost, um, getting your getting your ass kicked, and to to step up and say hey we're not gonna keep we're gonna keep fighting we're gonna keep playing, um that's that's a leader um and think EMU has a good one. I mean, you, you could do a lot of teams can do a lot more wrong than not getting Chris Creighton, right? Like, I mean, Chris Creighton, it, it, you know, he could go to I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, you know, he can go to Indiana. I'm not saying they're gonna fire uh, their head coach there, but if they do, he, I feel like he'd be a good fit. Indiana, you know, a lower Power Five school that wants potential and not under the radar or mm-hmm. not under the microscope per se, but. You know, now that we've recapped week 11, let's preview week 12. And, you know, the first game we're going to go into is Akron at Eastern. And Eastern should win this game by two touchdowns. But, guys, again, who knows, right? Like, it's just Eastern's just been this or that this whole year. But they need this to try to make a bowl game. Yeah, Eastern should win this game. I'm going to bet the over, whatever it is, and I'm going to be wrong and I'm going to be sad because that's what I do with Akron. It's kind of tradition at this point, and why break it now? Um, I'm kind of interested to see how the run game works for uh, Akron because Lingard's going to be kind of going against a defense that was a little bit sus when they played against Western. I want to see if he can make some moves. So that's kind of what I'm looking for, and that's why I want to expect some scoring. But yeah, this isn't going to be an amazing game. Uh, There's better options. (laughs) Yeah, the the total's not out, but it's Eastern minus seven. Yeah. 
I would take Eastern minus yeah, seven. Yeah, I'd take Eastern minus yeah, seven. Yeah, I think too. all of us would, yeah. Yeah. Benji? Yeah, I'm, I would take Eastern minus seven. I think after the last week's game, I think they'll they'll come out and get a W here. And Akron, still believe in Joe Moorhead, but mm-hmm. hasn't been a good year. Too many injuries. Yeah. Maybe next year. Yeah, and uh, I will say, Connor, you and I should go Eastern minus seven. That way we can cash both Akron under wins and cash this as yes. well. Yes, yeah, I get the double victory right there. Get the double it. victory on a Tuesday. I'll be at the Hawks-Pistons game when this I will also be at that game. We're going to have to talk about that. Are you? Okay. It's a revelation. Have, yeah. yeah. Okay. Breaking news. I, I got free tickets, so... I'm I'm happy about Dang. that. Yeah, shout out to Chris Crane for giving him free ticket. Oh wait. yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. No, shout out to Toledo and their Detroit connection for giving me free tickets. If anyone, anyway. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the second game on Tuesday is the battle for I-75. Love that trophy. Love the name between Toledo and Bowling Green. Remember last year, guys, Bowling Green won this, and I think Toledo remembers this, and they're going to dominate this game. It is at Bowling Green, so keep in mind, Bowling Green went into the Glass Bowl last year. And beat Toledo. Toledo is going to win this by two touchdowns, and they're going to put a, and they're going to thump them, and they're going to just make sure Bowling Green realizes who who runs I seventy five. The line right now is Toledo minus nine and a half. Oh, yeah, that's a I lot. I don't know, Connor. What are you What are you doing here? I, I, I think I think I'm going to shoot. That's tough, actually, because like taking the over, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is an over. Same thing with Toledo. Over almost always hits. I think they've only missed uh, twice this year. But the uh, Bowling Green. Yeah, I- I'm probably going to take the Bowling Green plus nine and a half. Um, I just wanted to check real quick because weather is something I've been like starting to watch. You know, it's that yeah, time of year we're, we're seeing like it, one it of has games. to be snowing at this game. But nope, it's going to be like perfect. 50s, 60s. So no, no fun Ooh. weather games. Uh, we got one this year. That's it. It seems like so. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go with the six or the uh, sorry, the nine and a half, and hope for the best. Bazelak, please don't blow this. This is such an interesting game. There's so many storylines with it. With last year, I just don't be a dud. Don't make this a blowout, Toledo. You're, you're talking to yourself here when you're saying that. So you don't be a dud. I know. I'll, I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop throwing picks, and uh, I'll start going into hiding and starting vacuum businesses. How uh, how upset would you be if it was a four point game with two minutes left to go? Toledo's up four, and you throw a pick six to lose your cover. Eh, you know, it's kind of par for the course, right? With how Bayslack <laughs> works, so I, I'm not too mad about it. Fair, Benji. Um, I'm 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 feeling good about GSU plus nine and a half. So I think I'm going to go with that. Um, I think it would be a close game. Um, Toledo is is a juggernaut right now, and I think they're still going to win and get uh, payback for last year. But it's a rivalry game, and I don't expect Bowling Green to back down. I was just going to say that I, I can't watch it because I'll be watching Trey Young shooting bricks. And uh, giving up 40 points to Killian Hayes. So. Yeah, I was going to say I'll be watching Killian Hayes shoot bricks and give up 40 points to Trey. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the Spider-Man meme at each other yeah, right now. So. Each other. I, was, uh, yeah. I was just going to bring up, you know, Bowling Green, bowl game. It's happening, right? So which one are you going to get? And uh, this might be the Bahamas Bowl. We'll see. See, and I'll say something at the end about these bowl, bowl games, too. Okay. Um, but the, the last game on Tuesday is a battle to keep your bowl hopes alive, and that is Western Michigan versus NIU. You know, Western's on a roll, and I think they win this game. You know, 
Easily. Well, they're they're three three and a half point underdog. Western is three and a half is getting three and a half points here. I'm gonna take three and a half, and I'm taking the money line. You know, they are just a different team with Hayden Wolf and Lance Taylor is just that dude right now. He has got that team rolling. He is he's found his quarterback, and maybe that's you know why he started him is so he can say, "Hey, Trace, on this is how good we can be when you get more reps." But NIU being favored in this game after the past two weeks, I mean, Western's going to run all over this team, guys. Yeah, actually, Buckley, if uh, if you're someone who likes to do parlays or take advantage of like the DraftKings $5 freebies, uh, Buckley is always about a minus 200 square touchdown, and it happens pretty dang often. So that's a, been a sweetener for a couple of parlays recently. So there's your inside betting tips. From, so, your, from your scouting? Yeah. So did I? I think I saw like an article about Thomas Hammock. Kind of, I'm not really on the hot seat right now. Um, and there, there's talks about how um, he he might be done at the end of the year. Have you guys looked into that at all? Ooh. No, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Again, I've been saying it all year. Like again, he's you know mortgaging his future to win now, and it, it, it's you know it's the same situation as CMU. I feel like you know if he doesn't make a bowl game, you should look at finding maybe not necessarily an immediate better option, but a better option for the future. Well, and I think that well, the difference between CMU and NIU is uh, CMU isn't starting Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> like it's no, but really, like they're starting no, a seventh I, year. A seventh. I, I understand. I'm just saying, you know, if you put Hayden Wolf on NIU and Rocky Lombardi on Western, I still think you wouldn't hate NIU as much. I think there's like this like little just hatred that you just have for Rocky Lombardi, and so anytime yeah, you just uh, have a you chance, got me, you fooled me. <laughs> if there's any chance you can like like you can be at a party and you know. There'll be someone that's like, you know, a thousand feet away and he'll say Rocky Lombardi. You'll immediately just snipe it out. Just be, what'd you say? <laughs> like, yeah. I love it, Benji. It's awesome. He gave me, he gave me t- two really bad losses. I'll, I'll just leave it there. But I, I think yeah, it wasn't. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think it's hard with these, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth year guys. Cause somehow there's eighth year guys in this and Western has one of them. Um, I think it's really tough for me to decide if I like them or not. Because I'm still in my head used to this. You're you're playing for five years tops, and that's it. And then now I'm seeing guys who are like three years younger than me playing college football still, and it just blows yeah. my mind that you could be like 26, 27, and you're playing against a kid who's 19. There, there's so many of these kids, these examples of these guys that have uh, are on like their sixth or seventh year. College basketball oh, is way worse. So much worse. They, they didn't have a COVID year. They had just a different type of season, but it was no, uh, it was a full season. And those guys are playing like six and seven years. Where's uh, what's Perry uh, Ellis doing? <laughs> um, or uh, Brad Davidson? Yeah, he played like eight years, tripping people, and punching people in the, the nuts, um, and. Yeah, it's just like for CMU, there's a lot of youth on the roster. Yes. So you can look at that with optimism. Um, With NIU, you're starting uh, seventh-year quarterback. What kind of optimism does that bring towards towards the future? I Um, agree. I mean, I, I... 
I I understand. I was just saying that like it just it, it's funny to me that um that it's just Rocky Lombardi and your disdain for him. So that's just yeah. But no, I, I well, man, I'm 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 a little little too harsh on Rocky. <laughs> but no, he I does have a cool name. He does, and I, I completely yeah. I completely agree with you though. Yeah, it's 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 more about the fact that you know they're not really in the same situations because CMU's a super young team, NIU isn't, and NIU. You know, CMU was projected to go five and seven, six and six. NIU was supposed to get eight wins, guys. They were supposed to get eight wins and be bowl eligible easily. And you know, NIU, you know, there's this guy in Chicago that we've been talking about, whose brother's on the team, who's coaching the Chicago high school that maybe could take over for NIU. Oh, oh I love that, that Justin. Pat, Patty yes. Fitz. No, oh, not Patty no. Fitz. Oh, 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 yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Jordan Lynch, oh, it still pains me to say it, but maybe Jordan Lynch could be the head coach it's of NIU time. next year. Yes, please. If he, if he has interest in actually going and coaching in a college, and uh, he's been an assistant before for NIU, so would love to see him go back. It's hard to leave a high school powerhouse, but, you but know. if you're it, if you're NIU, are have you not made this call already to gauge his interest right now? Like, like I assume you're waiting to see if you make a bowl game, right? Yeah. If you I, lose, if you lose this game, if you lose this game, the first person I'm calling is Jordan Lynch. God, I need to hit up like Lynch's agent or something. I don't know how to get in talk, contact with the dude, but I would love to talk to him about what it was like during those years where he was going insane because they traumatized us but they were probably pretty cool from his standpoint, right? Yeah. And then I'd love to see what his interest level is in college versus high school. Because Try to do some... Try, try to get that. Yeah, all right. NIL deals, anyone? Yeah, who's got uh, money? Can I, I get can a sponsor? Give him, I can give him my AARP card. For... <laughs> we, got, we got two free toes from AAA. Yeah, <laughs> they really want that. Hey, you might need that on some of the roads in the Midwest. <laughs> um, yeah, but NIU, I mean, they went to an Orange Bowl. Yeah. With him, I yep. know that's what I'm saying. That's it's with incredible him. to think about. Just... He would, he'd be a home run hire. Uh, like, like literally, that's a buy low candidate with a high ceiling as Jordan Lynch. And who would be more? You know, he could be a lifer there. Honestly, God, I right? love that, like, Jesta. I really like that idea. I know. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that's absolutely a hire that you'd want to make. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the phone with him. Like, if I was again, if I was the NIU AD, I'm on the phone with him right now. And and just spitballing the idea, right? Just hey, you know, how you doing? Think about coaching here? No, okay, I'll try again next year. <laughs> but why not? Why and not? Not saying not. We're not calling for Thomas Hammock to get fired. No, it's just, it's just kind of no. circumstance and a fun idea. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But but I will say like. You can't come from a MAC championship game two years ago to getting your starting receiver and starting quarterback back this year and not make a bowl game. That's that's yep. that, that to me is an is not I wouldn't say a fireable offense, but that's there's no progress. You know, there's no progress yeah. in your program. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. And, and especially for NIU because there's you're the only Illinois school in the MAC, right? Um, and that you got access to Chicago land, Wisconsin. Yeah, in Wisconsin, it's a little bit. They're definitely more talent uh, there than like for Ball State being the only school in Indiana. They're not the only um, school in, in well, only Max school. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. only Max school. So it's I think NIU expects more out of compared. They're not like in an Akron or Kent State, really. Right. They're right. not even the best in their state, though. Southern Illinois. 
the goat to Illinois. <laughs> yeah, mean, you're not wrong. The Salukis, man. The Salukis. Uh, you know, so this week we only have two Wednesday night action games, both of importance. CMU versus Ohio and Athens. And guys, you know, we just said earlier, CMU's bad on the road. So I think I'm going to... Um, but what do you guys think before I bring up the lines? You think uh, CMU gets this with done my or heart, no? dude. It, this is a CMU money line because I, I'm betting I think, with my I think, I think I, I'm going to bet with my heart too. And I think CMU... I, I just can't see them like just quitting nope. for the rest of the year. Nope. I think they're going to get one win, one win here. They have to. They have to. I mean, they have to get a they, uh So they're an eight and a half point underdog at Ohio, which is actually not that much. Yeah, you would have told me we would only been close. Yeah, I think it's more because Ohio has been playing terribly and CMU equally as terribly. But it, I think they cover. I know in the script here it says I'm taking Ohio. I think they cover, but I might take the under in this. If the under is 45, if the line is 45, I'm hammering the under. Both offenses just can't produce four quarter games. And I think you'll get 14 from CMU in one quarter and 14 from Ohio. And that might be it, guys. Um, but I do think this is our realistically our last chance to get a bowl game right here. Yeah, We're not beating yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's. Unless you said Toledo, like they're not going to be sitting guys for the last game. No, there's the no point doing that. Uh, I I will say, you know, one thing that we might have. Well, it's it's going on at the same time, so it won't help us. But you know, Miami Buffalo is on at the same time. I was hoping the schedule would have Miami on Tuesday, because in that way it'd be like, oh, Ohio, your season's done. Don't hurt work right save work for your bowl game but because it's going on at the same time they have to go full strength you know yeah my my actual concern here with ohio and probably what's actually gonna happen so uh wigless didn't have a catch last week and they're gonna get him involved early and it's gonna destroy our secondary because the guy plays yep. out of everything so that's really what's gonna happen during this game uh, i'm gonna be super hopeful about central really hope that we can get some good opening drives and set the tone in the first quarter because we're gonna need that energy but if Ohio starts and they're the first to score, I'm a little worried about this one. Yeah, yeah, me too. We have to set the ground running. That's the thing is we have Luke's to baby get him going. We have to. Yeah, that's. Oh, uh, that, that's. I, I, we can't talk anymore about that CME Western game. We've talked too much about it. So <laughs> <laughs> the the last matching game is Buffalo at Miami, and Miami locks up their trip to Detroit with this game, boys, and they do it easily with their suffocating defense. And you know they may get another shutout here and. If there's a prop bet that uh, uh, Snyder throws an interception, take it. If he throws two, yeah. take it. If he throws three, take it. Because this defense is going to force him into at least two picks. And I'm I'm actually surprised, though. Buffalo's only an eight-and-a-half-point favorite or an eight-and-a-half-point underdog as well. I would expect more. But I guess, you know, you look at Buffalo and CMU, they're kind of in the same boat. I don't know. So, I, would, I would say that Central has a much better chance of winning uh, against Ohio too. versus this, so yeah, yeah. this I'd probably yeah. take Miami Ohio on. Honestly, I don't see this game being close at all. Yeah, I take yeah, the under. I, take the under. If it's if you give me forty points yeah. in this, hammer the under. This is an under for sure because Buffalo is not scoring. Yeah, I think my Miami def- and Miami's a step above Ohio, and yes. they've proven it. So you know, Buffalo, they've hung in there. After the the really bad start, so Cole Snyder has kind of regressed here. Oh, yeah. he, 
pretty solid last year. I think he was 13. They're Team preseason all yeah, Mac. You you look at the top three uh preseason all Mac quarterbacks, and there's only one still left on there that should be, and that's Daquan Finn. You know, I mean I, I think unfortunately Kenny uh Warwick's uh, gonna get it because of injuries, because because Brett Gabbert should be there. Brett Gabbert yeah, for he sure. Might, and, and he might they might put him there still. Yeah, and he should be there. Brett Gabbert a hundred percent should be there, but he got injured. And I don't you know Cole Snyder is not on there. Like Cole Snyder is done. Like Rourke is better than Cole Snyder, so Rourke might get third team. But it's just, it's really tough. It's you know, we were going into this year, we're saying how much, how great the quarterbacks were on the MAC, and now it's kind of we, we saw. It. That's what we did. We, we did. You're right. We did. I was so excited about the quarterback play in this conference this year, and we only have two real great quarterbacks, and one got injured. So, well, Daquan I Finn. Have, I think we have two. Two NFL backup level quarterbacks, which is great for the Mac. Yeah. Um, I would say Taquan Finn, I was thinking about this earlier this week. I would probably, I think he's on the level with Bruce Gradkowski for Toledo. Yeah. If not higher. I mean, especially if he wins the, the Mac championship this year. I mean, he's had a great career. They got to retire his number there. They should. Yeah. Him and Penny yeah. Boone. Yeah. Um, but you know, the last game of this week is not a matchin game, actually, guys. But it's a sacked satisfaction <laughs> game. Section, <laughs> it's a section game. Yes, this game is on a Saturday, and you know, unfortunately, it's irrelevant. And I wish there was a way we could talk scheduling with this because you would want this game. It, it, you want this game on Mac on Tuesday, Wednesday, so it gets some eyes on it because no one's watching this game this Saturday, and that's Ball State versus Kent State, like. Well- Go what's on. the point? Of, what's the point? Point of this? I don't, Why are we having a Saturday game? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't know why you throw one Saturday game here. And I mean, it's got to be TV, right? There's got to be like a NBA playing or NBA in season tournament game on Tuesday on ESPN. That's why they can't do. I don't know. I really don't know what it is because. This like, isn't a rivalry game, is it? No. Ball State, Kent State. Why would it be a, I mean, what, the higher just, turnpike rivalry? Know, I, didn't, I didn't know that there was a Cornstalk uh, rivalry. But that's, but that's, the same, that's same division, though. This is, you know, cross yeah. division. So I, it's just, you know. Yeah, it's weird. Ball State's going to win. Um, we don't have a line for it yet because they're waiting until the Tuesday, Wednesday games get played and then they'll put the line on it. And, you know, it sucks. Because this game is irrelevant, even though you don't want to say any games are irrelevant. This game, really, in the grand scheme of things, is irrelevant. Neither of these guys are going to make a bowl game, and no one's going to watch this game. And unfortunately, no one's going to be at this game. Connor? (laughs) Yeah, I I guess if you are going to slog through this game, a couple things to note. Um, Ball State actually is a pretty good run defense, so don't really look for too much offense on the ground from Kent State, which kind of screws them over, right? And then uh, Ball State, as good as they are against the run, they uh, they can't actually pass the ball at all. And this is the Cooper going back to his old school kind of revenge game, if you will. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're going to watch this one. But that's about it, man. This is going to be kind of a, a slog. Neither team's good yeah. on third down. Neither team is good at extending drives. Just not a super uh, fun game. But hey, you know, Kent State does give up a ton of yards. So maybe Ball State runs all over him, scores 50 points. Who knows? Yeah, it's this is kind of 
uh, really weird that this is a Saturday game. And I just took an early look at next week's schedule. That's, we'll talk about that next week, but that it's just ridiculous. Yeah. We don't we, two games on Tuesday and then f- four games on uh, Friday and Saturday. It, I, I will say it is Thanksgiving, so it would be hard to do like a, you know, a Wednesday night matching game, but I will say that I went to CMU Eastern on a Tuesday in 2016. That was awesome. That was so much fun. I had so much fun as a college student there at that game and, you know, honestly, how cool would it be to have all six game or you know have six matching games going all at once and just have like kind of like a uh, an ESPN special of a you know a six box of just matching games going all at once. Yeah. Do to do yeah. a red zone. You know they've been talking yeah. about starting up the college red zone program. I, I would love to see like Mac red zone Tuesday night. All the teams and, and, right and, here. And it's, one, and it's one time a year. It's one time a year, and you and I guarantee you, you'll get a lot of eyes on it. You know, again, from we've talked about it from the sports betting thing. You're telling me people wouldn't tune into a Mac red zone for a Tuesday night game on Thanksgiving week? Oh my gosh! I you know I you could throw it on ESPN, ESPN two. ESPNU, you could throw a couple games on ESPN Plus, you can get a CBS Sports Network game. Like, it just, just that one day is all college football, all Mac. That's what should happen. That's really what yeah, should happen. It, it should, there's there's no excuse that we should put all the games on Tuesday. Even the teams that play Wednesday the week before, it is what it is. It's one day. The, the only uh, thing I'll say on that is from the student perspective, and there was a big conversation about this with last week on Reddit where somebody posts, uh, hey, I'm just going to throw it out there. These rivalry games can't be midweek because yes. it's no, not I, good I, for anyone except I agree. for ESPN. I agree and, with and, that. And so, so that's what I'm saying. Is so why you know the Saturday game is yep. Ball State versus Kent State. That's not a rivalry game. Put that on that Tuesday. Correct. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And like they brought up some good points because we we love action here, right? We love these yeah. Tuesday games. Everyone does. Th- think about it from the perspective of a student trying to go to the game on a Tuesday. Like, yeah, kind of tough. Plus, the campus is all screwed up, right? People parking and how big these games are and how game day and, works. And and, and also, you know, one last thing before we go into the where are they now segment. But, you know, to think about, like, you know, that, that week, right? Think about when we were in college. There wasn't really much going on that week, right? You know, there would be a couple hardcore professors that'd be like, oh, you have to show up on Wednesday, right? But most of the time, you get that Wednesday off. Most of the time, you'd have no Wednesday classes that week because they'd be like, okay, yeah, you're going out of town for Thanksgiving. Have this extra day. So that Tuesday night becomes a Friday night. That Tuesday yeah, night ever, becomes a Saturday ever, night. We'd all go to Pint Night. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's just – I think that would be awesome to put them all on that Tuesday. That for, And it, it's better for – and too, it allows the players to go home for Thanksgiving if they can right. work oh, it out. Yep, yep. That, that uh-huh. and, and also another thing too is I guarantee you if you have those games on those Tuesdays, you'll get more fans going to those games. You, we would go Absolutely. to we go to an Eastern or a Toledo game on that Tuesday because you know I could just call in at work and say hey I'm not coming on Wednesday extend my Thanksgiving. You would have more fans. It's just I don't know. I feel like it's a kind of common sense thing that is not common sense. <laughs> either either think I either go. All the games on that Tuesday, Tuesday night, or uh, you move this whole week to week zero. Agree, agree, and um, and, and and one more thing too. Uh, trust me, you put these games on Tuesday, it's better than Black Friday. Ain't no one going to those yeah. games on Black Friday. No one. And now Saturday. there's NFL. 
there's NFL games. Exactly. Exactly. And, and judging for listeners that uh, aren't, you know, in the state of Michigan and try to put it into, into perspective, CMU versus Toledo is on Black Friday. Okay. So I went to that game in 2019. There was no one there. That game was for the Mac West title from CMU to go to the Mac championship. Yes. There was no one there. You know why? Because everyone was so looking forward to the Michigan Ohio State game the next day. Or Michigan State Penn State was playing later that night. You just have to realize where your fan base is at and the importance of some of these games. Like, again, you know, this Kent State Ball State game. That's not going to be as important as, you know, Ohio State playing. I don't know who Ohio State plays this week, but the Ohio State playing that Saturday is more important than anyone going to that Kent State game. And it's it's I don't know I just but you know there's a lot of logistics going to scheduling right so I, I I trust them on why they had to do this but for Thanksgiving week you have to move the games all to Tuesday you have to yes have order to. week zero but it's that's probably more difficult than yeah, well week zero two. I think you're you have to you have to have a Mountain West school schedule at some point yeah I think they they're getting. Rem- they're removing that. I don't. I don't point. think so. Actually, I okay. don't think so. I think there's there's talk of it at least. There's talk of it because they see because they want the extra week of football and it beats NFL. But the Mountain West says, "Hey, no, this is our week. Like we have to. This is the only way we get eyes on our games because we can play 4 p.m. games, right? Or yeah. sorry, 4 p.m. local time games. Because if they play 7 p.m. local time games, it's 10 p.m. No one's watching it, right? Yeah. So. Very true. But that'll do it for the recaps. Connor, you're yeah. up with where are they now? Did you pick anyone this week? Uh, yeah. So I had actually kind of started looking into that over our uh, weird period of, you know, in and out of pods. So uh, I had been talking about Dre Archer a little bit. And he was absolutely electric when he was in college at Kent State. And he's a current Hall of Famer for Kent State. And I was kind of curious about what he was doing because the guy kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, not a big social media presence, doesn't post a lot of stuff, you know. Uh, just kind of wanted to remember him for how dang good he was, though. Um, so through his career, this dude was one of the best kick returners in the entire nation. And he was a nominee for the Doug Walker Award, so nation's best running back. And that was all in his junior what season. Years? Uh, that would have been 2012. Okay. So Just so everyone else knows what years Yeah, to he was at. 09 to 13. Uh, the whole thing with him, though is he had this incredible junior season in 2012 and he came back to school and then he got hurt and then didn't really do anything in 2013. So it was kind of a weird thing of like, this guy's an electric kick returner and what is he going to do in the NFL? Because he obviously has talent, but this injury. So he ends up getting drafted in the third round by Pittsburgh Steelers and became the ultimate team cheat code if you played Madden because the guy was incredibly fast, great kick returner. It was Devin Hester reincarnated. And I, the guy was incredible, best special teams player in the nation. So all this stuff happens. He gets drafted in the third round, and then his NFL career kind of just peters out over time. Great returner, can't do anything on offense. And so I was kind of curious on what he was doing nowadays because this hits me as somebody who I'd expect to be, you know, a running backs coach, right? And kind of followed the Mike Hart path to becoming a head coach someday. And in fact, he actually doesn't do anything at all. He's a stay-at-home dad. So he actually has a couple of kids and he's been staying home for almost 10 years now. And uh, it's kind of crazy because that's it. That's actually uh, all that we know about him. You know, he probably would want to get a break from um, 
from the kids we should invite him on yeah honestly i'd love to have him on because uh kicker you know, socials no his <laughs> socials are dead because he so, doesn't post anything he just how can we reach out to him chilling i don't know agent probably the same agent that we're gonna have to contact for uh yeah for lynch okay but yeah, I mean, do you guys, do you guys remember that. this dude? Do you remember how good yeah, he was? I, I remember I remember him going to the Steelers. Yep. Um and it being just really fast and being awesome in Madden. <laughs> it, it was kind of yeah. interesting looking through the career arc in the NFL because he so he get he gets caught by the Steelers in the second year, and then he gets to the Jets, gets waived, and then the Bills actually picked up his waiver, but he didn't show up, and that was it. So kind of an interesting end to a career going out like that. Yeah. He reminds me of like uh, D'Anthony Thomas and uh, who was that? Their one Ole Miss, uh, short Ole Miss kid who played for the uh, Chiefs. Forgot his name. But they're just like they're awesome in Madden. Awesome in college. Juan Treadwell was great at Ole Miss and great at Madden too. But it wasn't Laquan Treadwell. I know that's not who you're talking about, but like that's another Ole Miss guy that. Let me look up the Chiefs. I can figure it out. It was uh, Mc- Dexter McCluster. Deuce yeah, Dexter McCluster. Dexter McCluster. Yeah, yeah. Huh. he's yeah. another one of those guys. But it's like those guys, for some reason, just never pan out. Really. It happens, man. Unfortunately, it yeah. happens. And but yeah, no, we'd love to get him on the podcast. That'd be awesome. That'd be so awesome. I'd, I'd love to hear, especially like I, I think it would be great for us to get another perspective outside. You know, like we we are biased with CMU, correct? But I'd love to get a, you know, how was the Kent State lifestyle, right? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be so cool. But you know, thank you everyone for listening. I promise we'll try to get back on schedule here. Um, just, you know, it's holiday season, life, all that. So, but hey, have a great rest of the week. Go Maxion. Enjoy all the games, man.